0: Good morning everyone. It is Monday the 29th of August. Welcome back to another morning meeting. Marcus, heading over is to you for the overnight.
1: Good morning. Yes, thanks, Gigi. The Dow Jones, obviously, a bit of a bloodbath on Friday. Dow Jones down 1,008 points. NASDAQ down 3.94%. Did someone say Collins Class Rule? S&P 500 down 3.37%. The Jackson Hole speech was not a non-event, as I predicted. Well done, me. It was, in fact, a disaster. SPY Futures were down 104 this morning, but our market down 140 as I speak, been down 150. I wrote in the weekend strategy piece that maybe we should just not have a knee-jerk reaction, but wait to see whether this sell-off followed through or rebounded. For the moment, I regret to tell you, the Dow futures are down another 287 points and falling at the moment. Our market is going to follow the Dow futures around today, it has to be said. And at the moment, they're going the wrong way. Just to do a few of the other things that happened on Friday, we had BHP down 1.75. Rio down 0.76% in the US, but BHP down 1.8% today. Rio down 2.8%. BHP obviously goes ex dividend on Thursday. Banks also accelerating down this morning. They opened about 1.5% off. CBA is down 2.2%, Westpac 22 NAB down 2.4%, ANZ down 2.3%. Not looking good. Iron ore price was up 0.36%, oil price was up 1.66%, and the energy stocks though not saved by that. We've got Woodside down 2.5% this morning, Origin down 2.4% and the oil price was up a little bit as the Saudis talked about production cuts and also there's a bit of geopolitical risk creeping into the market again. US warships cruising past Taiwan and Russia is shelling a nuclear plant in Ukraine. The bad news for gold bugs this morning is that the US dollar went up on the back of Powell's rather hawkish commentary and US dollar Going up means commodity prices go down, particularly the gold price. The gold stocks just can't win a trick. Gold price was down thirty-four dollars on Friday, and the gold sector getting hammered today. Newcrest down three point three percent. Northern Star, oh Northern Star, I think's had results. It's only down one percent, but the others down four point eight percent, six point eight percent, St. Barbara mines down five point three percent. An ugly day for gold. Also, Bitcoin, the barometer of market exuberance or the lack of market exuberance, down seven point three percent. Percent this morning, and that obviously reflects market sentiment. And in our market this morning, we have got the all tech sector leading the fall down 3.8 percent, the IT sector down 4.2 percent, and other sectors that are not doing so well today again, gold down 3.5 percent, energy 2.6 percent. Sectors slightly outperforming today include healthcare, utilities, and telecoms and staples. All the non-interest rate sensitive defensive sectors. Why did the market fall a 1,000 points on Friday and the Dow Jones fall 1,000 points? Well, it is Jackson Hole all over. And some of the quotes from Jerome Powell include, we must keep at it until the job is done. Reducing inflation is likely to require a sustained period of below trend growth that will bring some pain to households and businesses. Also said that the Fed will raise rates as high as needed to restrict growth and would keep them there for some time. In other words, the Fed are not going to dial back policy until the inflation problem is fixed. So I have interpreted that in the strategy section today as meaning interest rates are going to go higher quicker and stay up there longer. Not what the tech sector wants to hear. And in the strategy piece today, I have written about the impact of all this. And the consequences are obvious in my mind. The first is the market is likely to continue to top out. Tops and bottoms tend to start fast and Friday was certainly a fast start in the US. Also, interest rate sensitive sectors likely to continue to top out. That includes things like technology, consumer discretionary, housing. As I say, it looks like interest rate rates are going higher sooner and for longer. Also, cyclicals are likely to struggle against the tide. If the Fed are prepared to sacrifice the economy to combat inflation, then a host of our international cyclical stocks are going nowhere. As are resources. I'm beginning to get a bit nervous now about the resources rally. Although I have to tell you, I've got a chart in the strategy piece today and they look absolutely fine for the moment. One bad day today does not kill a good rally. And we'll see what happens later this week. The resources are, of course, they do rely on economic optimism. So we just have to see if this Jackson Hole moment causes a new fear of recession. And if that's the case, you might just find resources have or are likely to slow down the Aussie dollar also likely to go down it's below 79 cents already it was above 70 not so long ago and if the market is going to start worrying about recession in the U.S start worrying about interest rates going up in the US then the US dollar goes up it's a safe haven currency and the Aussie dollar goes down if the Aussie dollar goes down then resources generally are on the nose as well it is a commodity based currency and also all commodities if the US dollar is going up all commodities priced in US dollars tend to go down. So there are a number of things to draw out of Jackson Hole. Market likely to continue to top out. Watch out for interest rate sensitive stocks, cyclical stocks, getting a bit nervous about resources and the Aussie dollar likely to go down a little
0: bit. Thank you very much for that market. Ladies let's head over to you for the local markets and broker reports. Yeah, thank you, Chi-Chi. So as Marcus was saying, it's a pretty down day for us here. The ASX200 is down 147 points, or 2.1% as I'm looking right now. And that's well below what the SPY Futures had expected, which was down 104 points this morning. Looking at the sectors, technology and gold stocks are taking the biggest hit. Technology sector is down 4.4% and the gold sector is down 3.5%. Defensive stocks are looking better but still underperforming. Consumer staples are down 0.8% and utilities are down 1.2%. Just having a look at some of the results reactions. Macmillan Shakespeare is up 9.3% on their full year results. Tyro Payments is up 8.3% on their results. And Michael Hill is up 5.3% on their full-year results. And then down the bottom, we've got Aussie Broadband, which has fallen 17% on their results. And Next DC down 8.1% on their results.
1: And broke stuff, Leighton? There's some broke stuff today.
0: Yeah, I just had a look at Ramsey Healthcare this morning. There was a couple of upgrades out, one from Citi up to a buy and Morgans to an ad. And Macquarie has an outform recommendation there as well. And the average target price is $84.33, which implies about a 22% upside. Yeah, current share price, $70. Thank you. And what have you been doing in strategy, market? Uh
1: What to do? I haven't done anything in the strategy portfolio today. I just want to see this. Uh, it's, it's the strategy your portfolio is not a trading portfolio it is supposed to be sleep at night if we react to everything on the day we will be going from pillar to post uh, let's just not have a knee-jerk reaction to this let's see if it can bounce a little bit we won't know that until later this week Signs, of course, this morning are not good with the Dow futures down now 291, Uh, but there are a few positives, and they include inflation is peaking in the US. The bond market in the US didn't really react. They do tend to be a bit smarter than the equity market. The US 10-year bond yield hardly moved. The two-year bond yield went up, which inverted the yield curve even further, which suggests the recession is more likely rather than less. But I think the message is rates may go up short-term, but long-term, no not much effect. The odds of a 75, this is the odd one, the odds of a 75 basis point rate rise at the next Fed meeting on September the 21st actually fell overnight. In other words, the market or the bond market has seen that Jackson Hole is creating a less aggressive stance for longer term rates and the odds of a 75 basis point rate rise fell from 64% to 61%, which is sort of against the trend. It may well be the equity market has reacted vastly more viciously than the bond market and you have to wonder who's right bond market often is the other thing that didn't happen overnight or on friday and we'll see what happens this week was commodities didn't sell off that hard we had the iron ore price up for instance overnight or rather on Friday. And metal prices didn't exactly crater, has to be said. By the way, the UK is on holiday tonight, so we won't get LME metal prices till Tuesday. All in all, haven't done anything yet. I'd like to see tonight's US trade, see if it follows through as a theme or whether this ends up as a one-day panic. As I say, the strategy portfolio is not for trading, but I am glad we sold ATEC, the ATEC ETR, which gives you an exposure to the all tech sector in Australia. And glad I sold GGUS, which is one and a half times geared to the S&P 500, sold them last week. Strategy portfolio sitting in 30% cash at the moment. Back to you, Chi Chi.
0: And any ideas?
1: Yes, ideas portfolio today. Still writing it, but... We're down to two ideas in the ideas portfolio, which is BHP ahead of it going ex dividend on Thursday and Oz Minerals OZL, which of course has been bid for. And we rather neatly and luckily, it has to be said, bought it in the ideas portfolio just before. It got bid for by BHP. I do think the odds of BHP coming back with a higher bid or another bidder getting involved are higher than the chance of BHP walking away. So I will continue to hold Oz Minerals for the next development. As I say, last week, Rio upped their bid for a Canadian copper miner by 17%. If BHP did that for Oz Minerals, we'd be talking a bid price more around $30 rather than $25 with the price of Oz Minerals at the moment sitting at 25.82 so plenty of upside there if there is another development. So the ideas portfolio down to two ideas at the moment. Maybe I'll get those lithium stocks back at some point and maybe I'll get to buy 29 metals as well at some point soon which I would like to do. I do think once the market calms down that is a bid candidate along with minerals. But for the moment, with the market doing what it's doing, not looking to buy anything. So the ideas portfolio down to two stocks for now, and happy with that. Very exciting announcement today. It gives me great pleasure to announce that. Stuart McPhee is joining Marcus today to write a technical section for the newsletter. Stuart is an author, a private trader, and a consultant. He has a book in its fourth edition called Trading in a Nutshell. Stuart is going to bring to us not just an education, but particularly an education, it has to be said, but also trading ideas, a trading discipline, and he's going to teach us how to use technical analysis. It's with great pleasure I introduce Stuart McPhee.
2: Thank you, Marcus. Thank you very much for those kind words and the introduction and the welcome. It is great to be here and to be part of the team. So I think what I'll be doing in my part is really just providing a different flavor. I really want to try to mix it up a little bit Provide that different perspective, the trade perspective, a little bit more active and we're looking at trends and support and resistance and and the like, but just that very technical approach to looking at stocks and very, very, very data driven. So a lot of number crunching, you know, a lot of market scanning, looking for opportunities. And yeah, really just providing a different point of view, I'd like to think.
1: And Stuart, you spoke at one of our education seminars in Melbourne recently. I have to say I was particularly impressed at your utter lack of emotion when dealing with share prices, and that is is perhaps a quality that some members could benefit from being less emotional when it comes to selling stocks?
2: Well, I'm glad you noticed. I, I guess I should take that as a compliment being a technical analyst. We do like to remain very clinical and objective and just look at data rather than you know the emotions and the stories behind stocks. And I think when we do start to think about stories and stocks and what they're doing, it's really difficult to not become a little bit emotionally attached and try to understand that story and what's going on within that company. So very much being a technical analyst, very data driven, just try to keep that away, keep that off to the side and not really worry about it too much. Um, so I'm glad you noticed. I think that's very much uh, underpins my approach. And I, you talk about, you know, people having an issue with it. I think the decision making, you know, to get into something and buy some stock, it, there's not necessarily a lot of emotion, but once you own it, there can be a lot of emotion. And that decision to sell and get out, that's where that emotional attachment can really sabotage people. And I think people will need to be very mindful of that. And that's something that I can really help with so far as the technical analysis approach and just looking at the data and uh, to make that decision to get out of stocks. So
1: Dallas, you'll have a few ideas, Stuart, but I think the focus is for our members, as always, very much on education.
2: Yeah, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think we'll empower people. So yes, I'll be feeding a lot of analysis and the like, but along the way, I'd like to also educate and empower people to start doing their own analysis and making their own decisions based on that data and those numbers and the price and the like.
1: Thanks Stuart. And as I say, September the 12th, the week of September the 12th, Stuart will start writing. Welcome Stuart, and I'm sure the Marcus today members are going to benefit enormously from your additional wisdom.
0: Very good. Thanks for that Marcus. And back to you again for the question of the day.
1: Yes, question of the day. Here we go. If you had to get tattooed with a national flag, you had no choice. Which national flag would you get tattooed with? Layton
0: I think it's pretty hard to go past anything other than the Australian flag, really, because I'm mean, Australian born and bred, so I'm not sure that I've got much else. choose from there. No, I don't think
1: you have. (laughs) Very good. Obvious one there from Leighton. Chi Chi.
0: I am simultaneously British and Nigerian, but I do also feel like an Aussie now. So I would like a hybrid of all three, but if I had to choose, I guess I would obviously be British. Karishma.
1: It would have to be a made-up flag, partly Indian, partly Australian, because Melbourne's my home and I'm from India.
2: Stuart. I'm very anti-tattoos, but if you held a gun to my head, I would have to say, you know, Australian flag. I couldn't think of any other flag I'd want on my arm, being a multi-generation, you know, family gun, came here a long time ago, so I'd have to go with Australia.
1: And for me, it's pretty obvious, I would, despite having been here 24 years not be getting the australian flag on my right arm i would be getting the english rugby union emblem tattooed on my right arm i think you can take the boy out of england but you can't take the rugby team off the boy
0: thank you very much everyone see you back tomorrow